What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week. Helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 10,000 podcast. We want to bring God into your 10,000 minutes each week. Uh, my name is Sawyer Trapp. I'm our associate pastor here at Stapleton Church, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Matt, how's it going? It's going well. It's good, good to talk with you guys. I'm glad you guys are joining us for this podcast. This will be the last podcast with us as just Stapleton Church. That's the right. name will be changed next week when we're uh, recording this podcast. So enjoy this because next week it's just going to get even better. <laughs> there you go. Not to hype it up too much, but no. <laughs> yeah, and I hope you guys listened this last week to Sawyer's uh, excellent message on vibrant community as we continue our series at our core and talk about these seven core values that we're laying out. And Sawyer jumped into the second one, which is um, that vibrant community that we are real with each other to grow together. We are real with each other to grow together. And that's so important. Um, I was out of town. Um, I was actually in Utah on Sunday when Sawyer preached. Um, Melissa's home church pastor, his name's Keith. He's been at uh, that home church in Moab for 34 years. Wow. That's impressive. So yeah. 34 years. And um, he had been in a few churches before that, so he's, you know, 70, retiring from ministry. He's been a mentor to me. He married Melissa and I, just an incredible guy. He's He counseled me through uh, a rough uh, situation a couple of years ago when we were having our miscarriages. Love the guy, and, and for his retirement ceremony, I, I spoke a few words, and it was really special. Um, but missed being with our church community, our vibrant community, so I'm glad Sawyer was able to teach on that, especially as he's now stepped into that role as our associate pastor overseeing our adult ministries. Um, you know, talk a little bit about what you're doing now that you've stepped into that new role, Sawyer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been in it now for, I guess, unofficially for a couple months. But, yeah, so in addition to doing our student ministry, I'm also taking over all of our adult ministry. So main thrust of that being our community groups. So weekly gatherings throughout um, neighborhoods in our community, uh, most of them meeting online. But, um, yeah, that are meeting intentionally with each other um, to dive deeper into the sermon, kind of what we do here, but in more of a, a discussion-based format really focused on um, bringing the truth of the Bible into um, our lives outside of the church and um, and just living in relationship with each other. Um, something that I really wanted to reiterate and make a, a big priority with our community groups this year is just that that we have the ability to care for one another, um, that this is a time maybe maybe more than other years in the past where people just need relationship with each other, um, people that they can go to when things are difficult, when they're when they're struggling. Um, when that diagnosis comes or maybe in financial difficulty or whatever that looks like, that that can become your your community, your safety net, your people that you can turn to. 
Um, so really trying to kick off this semester. Um, if you haven't signed up for one, a little bit of a quick plug, you can still do that um, at stapletonchurch.com slash community groups. Uh, we still have a couple of great groups that have a lot of space available. So if you're interested in being a part of that, either just go right to the website. It'll be down in the show notes. You can check it out there. Or if you have any specific questions, you can reach out to me. Um, best way to do that is uh, so at my email address, which is uh, strap with two P's at stapletonchurch.com. So, Sawyer, I know some people that are listening to this right now may not be physically able to meet uh, in the Denver area. Maybe they're watching from somewhere else um, or, or maybe they're traveling during the week or, I guess, listening from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So for those people, they might be like, I'd love to be part of that vibrant community. I want relationships. I want people. I go through tough times. Maybe I'm even going through a tough time right now. So is it possible for those people to be in one of our community groups? Yes, absolutely. So actually a result of the pandemic is that a lot of our groups are are meeting online, um, at least for the indefinite future. And so it's listed right on there for those groups to um, how they're meeting and just finding one that meeting online. You can find an awesome group of people and start connecting online. Um, so that would be one option. And the other option is we would really encourage you to start trying to form that community wherever you are, whether that's your neighbors, um, people that you find at the <laughs> grocery store or um, your coworkers, whatever that looks like, that um, community doesn't have to be this um, really forced thing, but it can happen naturally as you're living in relationship with um, other people and other people that are called to strengthen you in your faith. So, Yeah, and if there was someone like that, Sawyer, that was like, well, I, I watch the messages every week. Um, I'm part of your church from afar. I do want a community group. Um, so would you, if they wanted to form a community group, would you send them questions? Sure. <laughs> there you go. Why not? So if you're listening to this, you have no excuse. I don't care where you are. If you're traveling <laughs> every week, if you are in um, Spain right now, I don't know where it is. Um, but if you want a group, we encourage you to do it. Because what Sawyer said was so, so right, because we need those people in difficult times. When we're going through a hard thing, Man, the people that we have in our community groups in our church, that's where we practice the one another's of the Bible, mm-hmm. um, that we do serve one another. We love one another that in our group, since we've been here uh, at our church, you know, somebody's a couple people have lost their jobs. Well, the rest of the people can kind of come around them, help them, encourage them, maybe even network with them. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife had some miscarriages, you know, some of the ladies from the community group reached out, you know, there's babies that are born, there's all sorts of stuff that happens. And when you have those people, and the thing is like a lot of people think, I'll do it later. But when you wait till later, it's when you're in the crisis and then you don't have the people you need. Um, That's what I've seen happen again and again and again. And then people feel lonely, desperate and do extreme things. Mm -hmm. You've got to develop the relationships. Now you invest in them now, even if it means I'm pouring in, I'm pouring in, I'm pouring in. I'm not getting out as much as I think I'm giving, but you do that because at other times, you will need those relationships. Yeah, that's so true. Very well said. Very well said. And what we wanted to talk about on this episode of the 10,000 today was how to do it. To dive mm-hmm. in a little bit deeper. Um, Sawyer did mention about you know how, how to be real with one another to grow together. But Sawyer, man, it is so hard right now because everybody's disagreeing about everything. This political race, you know, Trump, Biden. Uh, with RGB, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying, people are yeah. like, we need a new Supreme Court 
just snow, we've got to wait. You know, people are fighting over everything about masks, uh, whether to wear them, how to wear them. Don't get anywhere near me. How could you not wear a mask? You're, you know, a killer. Oh, you're a coward, you know, for, for not going out of your house right now. Man, we're just dividing over every single thing. So how can we actually have discussion and community in a climate like the one we're living in right now? Yeah, I think that's so important. Um, I, I think it's a huge question, and it, but I think it has to start with a position of humility. Okay. Um, and I think if, if it doesn't start there, then it's only going to escalate. And we, we see online people arguing and, and fighting and, and um, yelling at each other or whatever that looks like. But as followers of Jesus, we have to first acknowledge that we don't have all the answers. That ultimately we are limited in our knowledge and our scope and our abilities and that's okay, but it means that we have to enter in any conversation that we're entering into, any relationship, any discussion, whatever that looks like, starting off with a position of humility. Um, because if we don't, then we, we see what happens. We see people just continually to um, just defend their positions or harden their positions or personally attack other people out of a position of pride. Um, and going in, going in with humility doesn't dismiss or acknowledge that your opinions are um, well-founded or held or um, it doesn't discount that. In fact, I would say it on the opposite angle, it allows people to actually maybe hear you better to understand your position better. If you enter in, to that conversation or discussion or relationship with a position of humility. Yeah, I, th- I think that's really good. The, the humble attitude is so important because we might know better than them. Right. Or we could be wrong. Um, and to go in assuming that, you know, I think one of, one of the tough things is, man, it's everything is just so exaggerated right now. It's hyperbole with everything. Now, m- maybe if you, you hope. Know, Some of us are trying to avoid the news, but, you know, I've been reading some of the stories about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and opinion pieces, one side or the other, whether to nominate someone or not. Mm -hmm. And like one side's like, if if we don't nominate someone, then the country will go down, you know, the toilet bowl or basically like our whole country will be destroyed. (laughs) Oh, if they do nominate someone, it's just an end to democracy as we know it. Like, like, I'm not exaggerating. In fact, I'm kind of downplaying what some of these articles were saying. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, either way, it's like, oh, my gosh, our country's going to be in ruins. Everything's going to be terrible. You read the stuff about coronavirus, like, everyone you know is about to die. Um, and so what we do is we – it gets exaggerated so much to get clicks on social media, to get views on TV, and they exaggerate, exaggerate, exaggerate. So we go in thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to convince this person to get the vaccine that doesn't even exist yet, because if they don't, we're all going to die. Right. And I think sometimes we just, like, exaggerate, 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 and it, we begin to believe those bigger things instead of, like you said, start out with humility and, like, you know, if I don't convince this person that I'm right and they're wrong, it's probably going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think going off that, just just seeing things in their proper perspective, like obviously it's important what individuals are on the Supreme Court and how laws mm-hmm. are being evaluated and judged. But the reality is, is that the, the things that we focus on ultimately aren't um, the end all be all of existence. And I think especially yeah. as, as as followers of Jesus, we have to put that in a, a right and proper perspective of 
seeing God in control of all things and that <laughs> the United States or the Supreme Court or the president isn't the ultimate, ultimate authority of existence. Yeah, and what is the ultimate in our church? And when we have a community group, some of you guys are going to be in a community group listening to this. You're going to be with people that you absolutely disagree with them on political issues or social mm-hmm. issues. But what's the key? What is the most important thing there? I mean, I would say love. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm sorry. I thought you were being rhetorical, Paul. <laughs> I wasn't going to answer it. But. It, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I would say it's love. Like, mm-hmm. if I can love this person, it's actually probably more important than convincing them that I'm right. Yeah. Like, what if we made that our actual goal? Like, I'm just going to love this person. And guess what? We can be united and have a friendship and build each other up, even if we completely disagree on these things. Mm-hmm. And I think something that I, I, I've tried to emphasize in my message is that the way that we love each other, the way that we live in community with each other is part of our witness to the world. And what a more powerful example of what it looks like to love people like Jesus did than loving people that are on different sides of the political spectrum or people that you have strong disagreements with, that if you can still love that person, then man, you have your perspectives in the right place and that the gospel hasn't just stayed in your mind, but it's, it's made the transition into your heart and your actions. So that's powerful. Yeah. Amen. Preach it brother. Um, <laughs> Proverbs nineteen eleven is, is one of my, I, I think such an important verse. The second half of it says it is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Mm. Other people are going to disagree with you. They're going to offend you. It says an offense, right? So this isn't like a slight or a disagreement or Mm -hmm. something that you didn't like. When someone offends you, if you can overlook it and move past it and love them anyway, it's to your glory. You will be seen as the better, greater person. God will give you the glory through that situation, which is a pretty cool um, thing to think about like mm-hmm. if I could just overlook it if I can get past this like it's it's going to be okay and if we can love people we disagree with that's so much so much greater yeah definitely true definitely true so what are some of the problems that we get into when we actually do get into those discussions and I know we're talking about politics social things maybe it's even about something in the bible that we're disagreeing with, mm-hmm. um, with another person. You're at community group this next week or in a couple weeks. How yeah. do we deal with that? I think it's going to be a little issue dependent what you're talking about, but I think some good general guidelines um, would just be to first off acknowledge um, any sort of common ground that you have. I think that's mm-hmm. always, and I think that comes out of the, that humility piece. Um, and not going in and saying, okay, these are the, these are the differences that we have, but going in and saying, where can we find opportunities or, um, situations where we're, when we, where we agree with one another? Um, and I, I think recently it's been brought up, although it was written a couple years ago, um, Tim Keller had a, um, an op-ed in the, in the New York Times focused on, um, how Christians do do or do not fit into this two-party system that we have in the United States. Um, if you're if you're listening somewhere outside of the United States, maybe you have a, a multi-party system, but here we have you know these two parties, Republicans and Democrats, and and he just presses on the, this idea that these parties, these identities, these ideologies maybe get at parts of 
the, the Christian message, the idea of, of Jesus and the gospel, but ultimately that if we call ourselves to be followers of Jesus, we're going to find agreements and disagreements with both sides. And so I think with that in mind, that if we're, if we're talking, if we're discussing this with somebody else who follows Jesus, that independent of their party or their ideology, that we have some shared common ground, that we see um, value in, in human life as created by God, that we find um, value in taking care of, uh, the poor, the oppressed of society, that these are things that we can agree on and, and creates a foundational level for us to talk about the details and specifics, especially when it comes to politics. And that's good. You know, we say with our uh, core value that it's vibrant community, that we're real together, that we need to be real. Um, it, it does mean that we need to share like what we think and feel. It's not like I, I have to pretend like, oh, you know, whatever, I, I, I voted for Trump or I didn't vote for Trump. You know, you don't have to pretend or hide who you are. Mm-hmm. You can be real, but the realness is also seeking out the realness in the other person too. Mm, so yeah. you said like finding the agreements. I think it takes a lot of questions. Like it was like, oh, so why do you hold that position? Where does it go back to? Like what what's the motivation for that? What are you thinking? And it takes a lot of questions because even things that you're like, I cannot believe that person would think that. I cannot believe that they would believe that. Mm. Sometimes if you're like, okay, if, so we've talked about this before, but just the idea, the concept that if I had the exact same set of experiences as that person, I would hold the same position. Mm. So if that's the question you go in, like, I would vote for that person if I had the exact same uh, experiences out of the person. So then the, what you need to step back and say, well, what are the experiences that led that person to that point? So that opens up a whole, instead of viewing it as like, I can't stand this person. I hate them. I don't want anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. Instead, like, oh, this is a chance to get to know them even more, to be more real with them. So like, hey, you know, why do you hold that position? Why, why is that such a big deal for you? What happened? Is there something that happened in your past? Maybe you'll open up something and you're like, wow, it might not ever change your opinion, mm-hmm. but it can develop a much deeper relationship when you find out, oh, wow, that happened to your sister. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And boom, that has instead of dividing you, now it has brought you closer together because you've shown empathy through that. Yeah. Those differences. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I think this is something else that we've talked about on the podcast is like, being intentional with your listening, like listening to understand, not listening to respond. Right. And I think especially with political discussions that it's often that we're listening to hear a certain buzzword that we can jump on or hearing a statistic that we disagree with or something like that. But actually, as you said, listening to understand is seeking what experiences brought them to having that position or being a part of that party or voting for that individual, whatever that is. Because I think, as you said, it, it, it acknowledges that that person is trying to be real as well. And, and that's where that deep, intimate um, relationships that we need, where those start, where those develop. So, Okay, so let's move it a little bit beyond politics. Yeah. So say you, you're now in community group, you're trying to form these relationships with other people, mm-hmm. other Christians, and you realize, oh, my gosh, this person is doing this activity that I think is simple, that I think is wrong. Um, I can't believe they let their kids watch those movies. I can't believe that they would miss church for that. 
you know, we, we just judge other people and, and they could be real genuine sins. So I'm not saying they're not. Um, yeah. but, but when we're looking at that, how do we deal with that? Because man, sometimes you're like, how could you do that? Um, you call yourself a Christian. <laughs> how do we deal with that, sir? Well, I would like to refer people back to a couple of your messages. First off, um, okay. I think I, we referred to this a while because I think it was just so concrete into the way that we interact with one another. Um, it was the Collide series, Grace and Truth, um, talking about how we hold um, the truth of the Bible uh, and we still show people grace and how we hold that intention. I think you had that mm. that great uh, visual aid of that tug-of-war rope of pulling on both sides where ultimately we want to stand in the middle. Um, so if you haven't had a chance to listen to those messages, you can check those out on YouTube or on our other um, weekly podcast, excuse me, weekly message podcast. Um, but jump into the Bible. I, I just, any time that we have to interact with one another or bring up a sin or question somebody on the way that they're acting, I, I just immediately turn to Matthew 18. Um, starting in verse 15, it talks about the way that uh, we're called to deal with sin in the church. And I think especially if you already have that relationship, if you're in community together, that it shouldn't be a conversation between you and anyone else besides that person. Mm. Just going yeah. to them and, and, like you said, approaching that with the same situation. Like, um, I see that, you know, you're doing this or you're allowing your children to do or whatever it was, whatever examples you gave. But, like, uh, why do you choose to do that or not do that or whatever that is? And and explaining mm. your position and how you see the situation and Hopefully, I mean, the aim would that it can be resolved in that situation and that they either say, oh, my gosh, like I didn't realize that it was being interpreted that way. Or maybe it is really a sin issue. And they say, oh, my gosh, like I didn't even realize that that was <laughs> that was sinful or, or whatever that situation is. And and it can stay in between the two of you and it, that'll form your relationship deeper. And ultimately, you can be an encouragement to that person as they work through um dealing with that sin. You can pray with them, support them, hold them accountable. Um, but as it says, maybe that situation ends poorly or they say, why, who are you to, <laughs> to talk to me about this? And then as, as we see in the rest of Matthew 18, it kind of walks through this process of bringing another person with you or, or telling it to the church. And then ultimately, if it gets to a point of saying that they're unrepentant of this issue, that it ultimately we get to a point that it is serious enough, depending upon what's going on, that that might need to be the end of that relationship. But I think as we've talked about that, if you really worked through this process, nine, probably more than nine out of 10 situations are going to end with a resolution. And I think that's sure. what Jesus is, is getting at. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And we've, we've talked about that before on this podcast, yeah. but it's so important. Um, th- there was a, uh, a blog post, uh, that, that went around a, a little while ago by, from Kerry Newhoff. He's a pastor and, and ministry leader up in Canada. And it was entitled Five Signs of Spiritual Maturity that Actually Show You Lack It. And it was just kind of this idea that the people who think they're the most spiritually mature often have the biggest issues. Mm-hmm. But um, two of those five really stood out to me, and one was truth without grace, and the next one was grace without truth. Yeah. So you talked about the tension in the Collide series, that you have to have both grace and truth, and mm-hmm. you hold them both, 100% of both. Because what I have found in those situations is people will say something like, 
I just need to tell you the truth in love. <laughs> and they will go on with no love to rip <laughs> you to shreds. Yeah, um, like the Christian like, version. Where, where's the love? It's like yeah. a Christian version of bless her heart or bless his heart, but. And then you just but, Yeah. <laughs> I love the guy, but. Yeah, you know, exactly. yeah, we, we say these things and like, was there grace? Was there love? Did you seek to understand first? Like, I love that you said, ask them some questions first, you know, find out because you could be the one mistaken about what they're doing. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, I had that conversation once. I, I asked a few questions because I thought there was a really inappropriate relationship going on. Ask a couple questions. I was completely wrong. Mm. And I was so glad I started with questions because instead of going in there and be like, how could you do this? Yeah. They're like, oh, that never happened. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So glad. Uh, right. <laughs> glad to know. Um, so, yeah, you, you go in there with grace. You show the person love. Don't let that phrase, I want to speak the truth in love, be your cover to be an a-hole. Okay? Um, <laughs> just don't do it. You need to show grace even when you t- tell the truth. Like, if you're like, oh, man, this is going to be tough, be extra graceful, extra mm-hmm. loving, extra kind. Pray for them. Encourage them. Be their friend. Show them that. Um, because it's hard to receive the truth, even if it is the truth that they need to hear. Right. And then so the flip side of that is grace without truth. So the grace of, um, oh, it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. So I'm never going to say anything about anyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to let this thing slide, even though it's destroying them. Yeah. And that can be just as bad. That yeah. can be just as bad. Sometimes you have to just get up the courage to go talk to the person. So, yeah, I, I think those those would be really helpful because we really do um, want to have vibrant community in our church. Mm-hmm. We really want people to be real with each other, because when we are real with each other, we can grow together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we, we need the most. Um, so if you're listening to this, if you have other concerns, questions, maybe you run into an issue over the next few weeks and you're like, well, this is supposed to be my Christian brother or sister in Christ. And oh. <laughs> I, I don't even know how I can get around this. Yeah. Send us an email. We'd love to hear what your situation is. See if we can help you with it. Um, you can reach out to Sawyer and I personally will try to help you with that as well. And Wolf at StapletonChurch.com or Strap at StapletonChurch.com. Um, because we care about you. We love you. Yeah. We want to help you to develop um, vibrant community because when we're real together, we can grow together. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope that you put this into practice, that you start getting out there into real relationships and you start um, growing together, um, both in relationship with each other and with God. And once again, if you haven't signed up for a community group, you can do that. Stapletonchurch.com slash community groups. And we'll also have our women's Bible study starting up. Hopefully we'll have a, a football game out so outdoors, a lot of opportunities to connect with one another and be real as we grow together. Thanks so much for listening. And we hope you tune in next week. See ya. This is Matt Wolf again, lead pastor of Stapleton Church. If you have benefited at all from our ministry today, I want to encourage you to do three things. First, subscribe. 
Subscribe on whatever device you're using so that you can make sure that you get our messages and services every single week. The second thing I want to do is I want to get to know you. There's some people that have been joining us online this summer in the pandemic, and I still haven't had a chance to get to know you, and I care about you. I love you. I want to be your pastor. So if you could, fill out the form at stapletonchurch.com new, and I want to reach out to you personally to get to know you. Please do that. And the third thing is to give. If you have benefited from our ministry, if we have helped you take a step in your journey to follow after Jesus, please go to stapletonchurch.com give and set up a recurring gift to our church so that it would not only support our ministry, but our ministry around the world so that you would be helped to follow Jesus and other people would be helped to follow Jesus so we can multiply our effectiveness in this world. Please go to stapletonchurch.com give and I will see you next week.